Hi, I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. You're listening to the Healthcare Highwire, the LCS Health Services Division premier podcast that inspires to provide meaningful and pertinent content that gives you an edge in balancing business and healthcare. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Healthcare Highwire. Today, we will be discussing a few quick tips for ADRs, denials, and appeals management. I am Michelle Kramer, Director of Health and Wellness Programming and Post-Acute Specialist, and I am joined today by Tony Barger, Senior Vice President, Quality Assurance and Compliance with HealthPro Heritage. Welcome, Tony. Hi, Michelle. I'm really thrilled to join you for the discussion today. So, Tony, we all know that CMS reported in 2019 that there was over $2.6 billion in improper payment out there in the skilled nursing facilities and almost a staggering $200,000 in the SNF Part B. So what have you seen out there in the industry about what is causing these denials? Yeah, unfortunately, Michelle, that's right. When you look at the data that CMS has published, and that's about 59% of those dollars were due to insufficient documentation. Around 18% of that was specific to medical necessity issues. And about 13% of that was related to incorrect coding or maybe even no documentation. Wow. It all comes down to documentation, documentation, documentation. And we, you know, we need to ensure that we have that medical necessity. We have those physician signatures and dates and that documentation to support all of the coding and billing, right? Yeah, it is right. That is so important. So Tony, let's discuss a few quick tips that we can share regarding the ADR denials and appeals management process. Like, for instance, who makes up the ADR denials and appeals team? Michelle, that's a great question. I I think given what's driving the ADR requests or even denied claims, that team really should be the business office manager, uh, the director of nursing or nursing supervisors, the rehab director, a representative from medical records, and even the community administrator. Yes, that's really important. I know that the administrator is really a vital part of the team, and they need to be in charge of the whole process to make sure that everything is collected and all those timelines are met. So how do we know when we have an ADR even? Is there a system or a portal that the business office manager can access? The FIS or the DDE system is definitely that first place to go with these types of requests. And you're right in that it is the business office manager that's the one that's really accessing that system. CMS and our Medicare administrative contractors, they've really shifted most of their notifications to to this electronic platform. But it's important to keep in mind that if you are billing managed care policies, you may see some variation in how those notifications make their way to you. That possibly could be through fax or through the postal service. It's just important to be in touch with these managed care policies should there be any questions that you have on how to handle the process. Right, right. So some of the MACs also have a portal that can be accessed to get communications regarding status of claims as well, right? Yeah, that is right. Each community really should ensure that they know how to access those systems so they know the status of all of the claims at all times. So who is supposed to check the system and how often? You know, as the provider billing for these services, really only the community contacts will have access to that FIS or DDE system. Again, typically that would be the business office manager, 
given the activity that we've historically seen with ADR requests and claim denials, you know, we recommend checking that system as well as monitoring for faxes or snail mail at least a couple of times a week. You also want to consider that um, you may need to monitor it daily if your community has experienced like an increase in record requests or denials. But it's important to keep in mind that different payer sources have different timelines for submitting the records and appeals. And then you also do want to consider that if your business office manager is out on vacation, you know, who is going to take the lead in monitoring for these communications? It's important to have that in place because this way, anytime any time-sensitive requests that they don't get missed, and depending upon the type of request that's coming in, you may need extra time in order to pull everything together. Oh my goodness, I totally agree that each community should have always a backup system and process and person who's actually going to be checking the systems, who can communicate to the team about what they need to do, what the timeline is, because everything is so time sensitive. So when should the business office manager communicate the information to the administrator, the DON, the therapy director and medical records about what they're finding in the system? I think it's so important that the business office manager communicates any ADR request or any claim denial in writing immediately. This would allow each of the therapy providers that partner with LCS, you know, they have specific timelines regarding the ADR and denials process. You know, communicating any updates as soon as possible when those come in will really help to keep in compliance with those timeframes. And it really does help to ensure a tight collaboration, you know, throughout the entire ADR and denials initiative. Yeah, that's really important. That team needs to know every step of the way so that they can make sure that they're really addressing all of the issues. So if there needs to be another appeal or if they got paid, they can celebrate that so they can monitor their revenues and hope for a positive outcome. It's so important if you're checking the system and you find out there is an ADR, what is that process? I always think about the ADR process as really our first line of defense to prevent a denial. You know, the Medicare administrative contractor or really other insurance payers out there, you know, they request records and they request those records for a specific time frame. It's really important that as we're compiling information, that we compile and organize a comprehensive packet. And that really should be a collaborative effort to ensure that everything is there to support what's been billed and that everything's accounted for in that packet. Yeah, I agree. And that's so important. We want to eliminate the denial at the first ADR process, right? We want to provide everything at the time that we get that ADR so that we don't have to do a denial and appeal management. So if we are denied following an ADR, would you explain the levels of denial and appeal? I sure will. It's important that we keep in mind that really all payers have a specified process for filing an appeal. You know, again, these include a specific timeline for submitting each request. And that's why it's so important to have that timely communication across all the parties that are involved. But a great place for us to start is really with traditional Medicare. You know, typically providers will navigate through a redetermination request that must be filed within 120 days of the denial decision. From that request, if that's unsuccessful, a reconsideration request can be submitted to the Quality Improvement Committee, um, and that's within 180 days from that denial date. Uh, and that really allows for an independent review from the prior redetermination request. If that reconsideration request is unsuccessful, you can request that an administrative law judge hearing be held 
um, which again provides an opportunity to defend the build services directly to a judge. Submitting that request is also time sensitive, so keep that in mind when you're looking out for those types of decisions. Now, be aware that other policies besides traditional Medicare, you know, much like managed care policies, they do have different timelines for submitting the records and the appeals, and it's important that you review those details of those plans, uh, again, just so you don't miss any of those specified timeframes. Yeah, I totally agree. Each community needs to know what the requirements are for each payer and the timelines they need to meet. We need to ensure we are securing all of the documentation, the orders, the MDSs that cover the entire stay and submit them early because sometimes it takes the payers time to check in the packets that we send and this may cause the submission or appeal to be late. So I know you talked about the levels of appeal and the numbers of days we have to submit documentation for redetermination. What do we need to be sure to include in the packets when sending to CMS for review or the managed care payers? You know, I always recommend using a checklist. That checklist really helps to ensure that all of the necessary documents are included in those packets that are being submitted to the payer. And much like you mentioned, that can include a lot of different items, including physician's orders, nursing documentation, care plans, MDS assessments, and certainly therapy documentation. And that can even include items that need to be signed by the physician, as well as other items like daily notes, progress reports, billing records, et cetera. Yes, and LCS has Part A and Part B checklists for that matter of to make sure that we're getting those documents checked off and that they're included in that packet. So that's really nice. When should we check the system to see if the claim has been paid or denied again? I know we touched on it a little earlier, but really creating a routine for monitoring that SIS or that DDE system is really crucial. Typically, those decisions are issued within 60 days after submitting an appeal. If you aren't receiving those decisions, I would highly recommend contact your payer directly. Uh, You know, should you miss the decision notice, that can greatly impact your ability to be able to file another appeal for that claim or even shorten the time that you have to actually complete the next level of appeal. Oh, that's really interesting. I like that 60-day review of the system. So I know we have talked about this, but do you feel that the best practice is to communicate with the denials team on an ongoing basis? I think that's another great question, Michelle. I absolutely agree. Given the activity that we've seen in the industry regarding things like ADRs and record requests and even denial activity, I highly encourage routine meetings between the business office manager, the director of nursing, and the therapy director. That way you can monitor for any new ADRs. You can check on the status of the ADRs that actually have been submitted and see if those have actually paid, as well as monitor to see, unfortunately, if you have any new denial activity that's come through. I know. Communication, communication, communication is paramount in all of our communities. Oh, my goodness. I know. So where are some tips that we can talk about that we can prevent the denials from happening? I think submitting a well-organized packet is really vital to reduce the risk for denial. You know, it's important that providers retain a copy of that packet. Should the claim be denied and move forward in the appeals process, it's just so easy to be able to go back to that to see what was submitted. And then it's also important to monitor, you know, for accuracy for billing claims, patient demographics, other coding items, you know, whether that's related to the MDS assessment, related to UBO4 billing claims, or certainly other medical record content. 
a lot of times those technical errors, those are the things that directly trigger for an ADR request or even technically related claim denials themselves. So don't you think these errors could be eliminated with a good triple check process? Absolutely, Michelle. A solid triple check process, reviewing information for Medicare Part A claims, managed care claims, and even Medicare Part B claims. It's an absolute must in this climate for preventing unnecessary denials. Now, I think consider that reviewing draft UBO4 billing claims, looking at MDS assessment and other therapy-related data, those are the things that really make an effective triple check meeting. We've seen so many different coding errors in the industry that are identified through the triple check process and that have actually led to preventing denial activity from happening just by being able to correct those issues before the billing claims themselves are actually submitted to the payers. Wow, this is really important. And I'm so glad that you joined me today to discuss some of the quick tips for ADR denials and appeals management. Thank you so much, Tony, for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Michelle. So I want to remind our listeners that LCS has developed an ADR denials and appeals guide that can be found on LCS Connect. So please reach out if you have any questions. Thanks for listening. This has been a Healthcare Highwire presentation. Legal disclaimer, Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast. Mm-hmm.